Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, would you love to hear us give the same treatment to Futurama? Who would do a thing like that? Who could do a thing like that? Then you'll be delighted to know we're doing just that for Futurama's entire first season. Hey, when you look this good, you don't have to know anything. And it'll only be available for people who donate at the $5 level to the Talking Simpsons Patreon. Oh, God, no! And along with 13 episodes of Talking Futurama, you'll get all 23 episodes of Talking Critic, the entire first season of Talking Simpsons, monthly community podcasts, interviews with Simpsons writers, and so much more! Shut up and take my money! Remember, go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons to get your hands on podcasts from the world of tomorrow! I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons Now with 23% new footage. I'm your host, Captain Wacky, later renamed Bob, and this is a chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who else is here with me today? Creator of Johnny Reb, Henry Gilbert. And who else? Cat Bailey, the nation's premier showcase for psychiatrist jokes and musical comedy numbers. It's very true. <laughs> Today's episode is The Simpsons 138th Episode Spectacular. Get out of my Macarena himself. Today's episode aired on December 3rd, 1995, and Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! Folks are shooting up arcades with time crisis, NASA's Galileo probe lands in Jupiter, and the real stars are on Cable Ace Awards, where the Larry Sanders show wins just about every award in the comedy. Wow. You know, I've heard girls go to Jupiter to get more stupider. Is that an official, like, science fact? That's what Galileo was trying to figure <laughs> out, that they went into the eye of Jupiter to figure that and out. And boys go to college, is yeah. what I've I also heard. Jupiter so fascinating just because the size of that giant red spot. Yeah, it's amazing. It ain't nothing it's but gas. Cool. <laughs> I mean, how many Earths can fit in that thing, and it's just a giant storm that's cool uh, yeah you know what i thought was cool was time crisis i i was more uh, of a virtual cop guy that was my main light gun there are shooter. like five of those things now right yeah i mean there's eight million of them the but time the, crisis won't die like it's mm-hmm. one of the few arcades that won't go away virtual cop yeah. they just did too but time crisis maybe because they didn't have police branding it's even more like universal i i love time crisis but the home versions are not the same you need that squeaky pedal to step on gotta have that squeaky pedal yeah, yeah it doesn't feel the same if have you seen those videos of people uh, like it, high level players in arcades like actually jumping behind stuff I when have not it comes seen to that, that point in it it's pretty that it's sounds pretty awesome neat, yeah in case anyone was wondering in this game you step on a pedal to either enter or exit cover when you're shooting at people yeah it's a light gun game it's a it's cover a based shooters were not a thing at that time hey, that's right namco was ahead of the curve they invented there. it it's t- oh, man uh, well, man, this, this uh, last week's episode was a real long one. I'm I'm wondering how long this one will be because it is a clip show. Yes, and it is the best clip show, uh, I think. So Oakley and Weinstein, they had to do a clip show, uh, contractually. contractually. <laughs> Jinx. And also they wanted to make it good. And I think they accomplished a lot, especially in the days before DVDs. They're showing us a lot of things that we can't see uh, normally, like Tracy Ullman shows, shorts. And we can't also see deleted scenes at this time. So they're really offering a service to the viewers. Mm-hmm. You don't even really think of it as a clip show because you're seeing all of this oh i didn't know about this i did not know about the tracy ullman show stuff mm. mm-hmm. like henry at did. all henry was like day one uh, well not day one on ullman but i was watching this third year of ullman live as a kid i wondered if it was real i was like is this real what <laughs> uh-huh. the hell this is so ugly yeah i was a simpson historian even then and i was like yes finally i can see these and also they knew that they uh, oakley weinstein know they're like Phil Hartman makes everything better. Like, we can just lean on Phil Hartman to make this work. I and mean, he and does. he does. Oh, my oh, God. For real. With, I don't think anybody else could nail that the way that he did. Mm-hmm. It's funny that there are, like, uh, quotes that you quote from a clip show. Like, there are a few <laughs> yeah. lines in this that I do quote. Like, the last clip show, no, not there was not one good line in another Simpsons clip show. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there wasn't. Yeah, okay, no. <laughs> I mean, that was made aggressively bad to prove a point yeah. that they could. I wanted to uh, talk about the production, though. So mm-hmm. in terms of budgets, they had about uh, five minutes of full animation they could use. So you can see there's a lot of still uh, Troy McClure. There's a lot of frames of things that are shown, especially the viewer mail thing. A lot of rock and roll voice movements on Troy as well. That, too. And this episode was directed and written 
written pseudonymously. So the director is David Silverman, and the writer is John Vitti, who goes into the story on the commentary. He's like, I'm not sure how much of this I can say, but he basically did it to avoid a lengthy court thingy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you owe us X amount of scripts. You can't leave. He's like, but I want to leave. That's that's how I read it. As. I think instead of writing two episodes, he agreed to write one episode and two clip shows oh, as a way okay. to get out of writing an entire full episode of something. That makes sense. Yeah. The, yeah, he went by Pennywise and Pound Foolish on this one because it was their way of saying fuck you to how cheap Fox was being to get another episode to syndicate. That was the point of it. But this episode starts off with them just like getting in your face like this is a clip show guys this is not a normal episode if you're bored by this get out of here now I have one more thing to add though about the production Uh, like all of the extra episodes we see in season 6 and 7 and 8 they're not run by the showrunners at the time Mm -hmm. in this case this one is run by George Meyer and Greg Daniels so like Merkin would come back to run a few episodes in this season you know like Lisa the Vegetarian and Team Homer these two guys were just put on board to run the clip show wow that kind of thing makes me think like if Daniels hadn't left to co-create King of the Hill, he would have been the guy who took over for Oakley and Weinstein. I think it would have been Greg Daniels and David S. Cohen being like yeah, twin showrunners. If they hadn't both got their own shows. <laughs> so Damn it. Leave a big Mike Scully sized void open right there. I We talked with Bill Oakley a little bit about this clip show uh, in our second interview on Patreon listeners. And uh, he details a lot about how like their budget came out of a different place. It was from the Fox ad budget instead right. of Gracie yeah. and that they only had these deleted scenes because of like just an editor saved it nobody thought in the 90s like should we save these uh, things we filmed on the people, Simpsons people would trash stuff like that in the 90s all the time one of yeah. the reasons I mentioned Babylon 5 last episode <laughs> so one of the things that's infuriating about Babylon 5 is that it all it was done in CG at the time mm. and the CG unfortunately is still in standard def because Ooh. they weren't able to up it because they don't have any of the original models or anything oh, boy. so if they wanted to ever remaster it and put it in HD they would have to redo all of the CG Ooh, from scratch people have those kind of budgets for Star Trek they don't they have it for Babylon it. 5 yeah. they just deleted it well, uh, when are you going to use it again I think you know, large yeah. large chunks large chunks of Johnny Carson's early Tonight Show run are, are just gone which mm-hmm. is why he later took the steps to preserve everything he has ever done since then and like yeah. whole episodes of Doctor Who are now just missing yeah you know and Johnny Carson was so, so much about archiving that if uh, you're like me and fake being a filmmaker to get access <laughs> to the Johnny Carson archives which I did briefly I know I'm making a movie <laughs> well you really only get to see like a uh, labeled preview of it to then go like well I would like to pay you $20,000 to use this clip in my documentary about a person Johnny Carson interviewed once but the most interesting thing on it is not only is it like the best version of filmed late night stuff from like the 70s or 80s it is the entire broadcast including commercials oh wow it is the best version of 80s commercials that are on there too in the johnny carson archives even though i don't think he should have even the rights to that right but i think maybe he had a special deal or something because like no one was thinking about preserving talk shows mm-hmm. and, at the and, time and now you can't make a documentary about like say gilbert Gottfried without paying uh, paying the carson family a little bit of scratch mm. to get those uh, rights to his footage in there media companies are very sophisticated now yeah now they they now understand ownership it well was- you think about in the 80s and even in the 90s i mean tv was 40 years old at that point mm-hmm. i mean it, it was still a relatively new medium all things considered they weren't thinking about music rights they weren't th- that's yeah we're lucky that the simpsons is so big that fox will after the fact pay repay for music license rights for dvd releases yeah, sure. i mean it doesn't happen with say mission hill it's weird to see like on modern documentaries like the dana carvey show one they just use youtube clips and like they're just mm. like us they, they have the same resources yeah. as we do <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah god i so this episode made me miss full hartman so much oh, oh yeah, yeah. it's so one of his best one easily one of his best like, i mean he carries the whole thing by himself that's why I rewatched this one so many times in syndication, and whenever I saw it come out, I was like, oh, yeah, this one, because of Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. He probably yeah. made this show a lot cheaper to make because he is one actor as opposed to yeah. seven, I <laughs> five wonder, or seven. Yeah, I mean. you know, only Dan does any new voice acting in this of the regulars because he, he plays Mac Ray. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And that was probably just like, uh, come in here for five seconds and say this. Mm-hmm. And- but at the same time, they had to come up with new 
designs for Sam Simon, Matt Groening, and James L. Brooks, mm-hmm. and they actually animated Matt Groening too. David Silverman worked extra hard on this, even though he uh, we'll get to it later. But he he was not happy during the production of this at times. <laughs> oh, Gee, yeah. I wonder why. Yes, but uh, so the opening gag with the sign of the alternate lifestyle senior prom sounds like a a the senior prom for gay kids. Yes, uh, though it really reminded me. Uh, this is not exactly the same, but there was a great HBO documentary called Prom Night in Mississippi, mm. which was about Charlton, Mississippi's first integrated prom. And this wow. happened in 2008. Oh, boy. <laughs> they had had segregated proms, not segregated schools, but proms would have been I thought you were going to say like 1988. Yes, no, or like it, 1968. Had, that's why it's so fascinating. In 2008 in Mississippi, they're like, I guess we better integrate the proms. Like, wow. Jesus Christ, right? They took off their cowboy hats and stomped on them. <laughs> Prom night in Mississippi. A good a good one. Mississippi, the worst state in America. So, did you ever go to a gay prom, Henry? No, no. I was not I out totally did. Time. You did? Yeah, wow. it was great. I went with my friend. We were not dating at the time, but mm-hmm. we totally went and it was great because my Aww. high school said that you could not go with someone in the same sex. My mm-hmm. girlfriend, on the other hand, did get to go with a girl to her prom. Oh, boo, yes, man. Because she lived in the city and i lived in the suburbs oh of course man wow man you were you were out and proud back in high school not me no way yes. i just had a terrible prom i don't want to talk <laughs> about it uh, i have an unexpected clip unexpected clip alert whoa. listen to me so um troy mcclure says you may remember him from such specials as alien nose job this is referencing a very recent thing in fox history a huge 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 special of theirs called alien autopsy fact or fiction it aired on august 28th 1995 you might think that is too recent for this show to reference but as the comment Terry tells us these clip shows often had like three weeks of production to put together. Wow. So this is Jonathan Frakes introducing a fucking load of horseshit for Fox viewers. It's great. The following program deals with controversial subjects. The theories, opinions, and beliefs expressed are not the only possible interpretation. (laughs) Viewers are invited to make a judgment based on all available information. I did not watch this. If what you are about to see is real, (laughs) it's the most startling film footage in history. Although we remain skeptical, some experts believe this is authentic footage of an alien life form. Real or not, we must warn you. This appears to be an actual autopsy. (laughs) Some of the footage you will see in the next hour is very gruesome. Stay with us as we put the question to you. Alien autopsy. Fact or fiction? I saw. I remember the commercials I, for that. Thing. I watched this and I was freaked out by it. But now looking at it, it's like this is the fakest thing ever. And I love the language. If this is real, then holy shit. But if not, who's to say? Who am I to say? I don't know. Yeah. They also did a found footage type thing that scared mm-hmm. the hell out of me before um, Blair uh, Witch. Blair, before Blair Witch, yeah. I was like, oh my god, those people were taken by the aliens. I watched that, but I recognized one of the actors immediately, and I was like, oh, this is fake. But they, but man, using the good name of William Riker to yeah. sell Yeah, well, this. I mean, this was a year after TNG, and, mm. and he was a couple of years out from directing God. First Contact. He mm. needed some work. I just love how noncommittal they are. If this is real, then wow. This, just wow, everybody. If this were to be real, then on that t- possibility... We uh, recommend that you decide, not us. This is such a fox thing. I mean, they were totally piggybacking on the popularity of X-Files at this mm. point. I mean... Uh, UFO stuff was so huge in the 90s. And I also remember around this time, I think at the end of this season or the next of X-Files, it ends with an alien autopsy. Of course. Uh, alien Mul- autopsy was like in, it was in the zeitgeist. Mulder films himself doing an autopsy of an alien, but then even he doesn't believe it's real as he's doing it. And then he sells like- it to Fox and makes <laughs> lots of money. I think it got like 10 million viewers or something crazy like that. Like a, a ton of people watch this when thing. when people watch TV. Before, yeah. before YouTube, man. But yes, let's, let's hear that Troy McClure intro. This episode is going to be a great one, listeners, because it's pretty much just all Phil Hartman voice. Hello, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such Fox Network specials as Alien Nose Job and Five Fabulous Weeks of the Chevy Chase Show. Tonight we're here to honor America's favorite non-prehistoric cartoon family. Uh. You'll see long-lost footage, never-before-seen material from your favorite episodes. Old favorites you can't see in syndication. (laughs) So join me, won't you, for The Simpsons' 138th episode, Spectacular. 
This episode also fits into Oakley and Weinstein's MO and that they're very much like the caretakers of the Simpsons, the historians of the Simpsons. They mm-hmm. want to celebrate it, like celebrate the lore of the show and the history of the show. So I feel like this is very much their thing. Well, think about 1995. You didn't have access to any of this information. This is not on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Right. The internet was prehistoric at that time. So you would be searching high and low for this stuff. I didn't know any of this. <laughs> no way, me neither. I I don't know how, but I did. Like I got every Simpsons because you were a super fan. Yes, right? I guess so. Yeah. For somebody like me who discovered it through syndication, I didn't know about like the Tracy Ullman show. I didn't know about I, half these clips. I, right. I knew about the Ullman show, but I didn't know about like that there even could be deleted scenes or mm. that they filmed other versions of uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns. You know that they did all that stuff. And uh, you're right, Bob. That Dave Merkin, Al Jean, Mike Reese in their in their clip shows they weren't thinking like eh, who cares like the i'm not thinking like a fan i'm thinking of this itchy and scratchy short was funny just put that one. yeah yeah they really wanted to like make a clip show tolerable but also have it celebrate the show because we're seeing a lot of episodes this season and last that are kind of sort of like rewarding listeners sorry rewarding viewers rather mm-hmm. for watching so long and remembering things i like that it's a uh, him warning people like old favorites you can't see in syndication which is like no you can't see these and so they're all in syndication oh what which ones <laughs> well oh. just him saying like you can't watch these in syndication you can't watch him. tracy ullman's show well you can't yes but when he says old favorites you can't see in syndication that's a lie you're watching all yeah. of these in syndication as <laughs> true and of, but of all the things to show when he's talking about old favorites, it's Hitler being smashed by Itchy and Scratchy in an off-model Itchy and oh, Scratchy. you can't see from, in syndication. They were cut from the syndicated oh, versions. Oh, I see. Oh, that scene was gags. cut from syndication. That's true. Yeah. Okay, that makes that makes some more sense. And that makes, like, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, during their commentaries, they will complain loudly, like, they cut this part out in syndication, and I hate that they did that. Like, it, they remember which jokes were cut out. I mean, I remember, too. It feels like a missing limb if I see, uh, if I when I would watch in syndication. That's why, like, when I hear uh, some folks who who watched it all in syndication i i feel bad i envy the dead in that case of just oh, like i'm uh, sorry well not really i look you had no other options i understand but it, it's okay we had dvds now i've seen the full episodes yes but when but when i would watch them in syndication i'm not saying i wouldn't watch them i'd watch them but passively if they were on but i it would drive me crazy every time there was a missing joke i hated <laughs> it i would shake my fist we have heard the oral history of henry's tapes uh, on this yes, podcast <laughs> many, many times december 14th 1994 uh, it's been a Harsh winter, and I deleted one scene on accident, mother. <laughs> well, that's I feel that same way when I watch these things. Like, oh, that's a joke I didn't hear because I taped it wrong. Like, it's you're the, still living with the guilt. I, I do. <laughs> well, that's my anxiety in general of just like I, I remember a thing I said wrong once eight years later. The clips you deleted haunt you in your dreams. I'll tell you my VHS story after this podcast. Okay. Uh, so I love the the intro to you telling you it's twenty three percent new footage, and then also Bart saying I will only do this once a year on the chalk board which uh they they even slow that down after this the next clip shows until season 10 the yeah. all singing all dancing i think it's a reference to how fox wanted them to do four clip shows a year mm-hmm. just to pad out episode length or and, pad, pad out season orders yes. to get syndication money that's another Back when, it, that was still a thing to yeah. be honest we were like we need 24 episodes oh, okay 24 mm-hmm. episodes it is for this one to get for this season to get to 25 they had to have two merkin created ones and a clip show because they it was too pushing the regular team too far to do 22 episodes Poor bill oakley and josh weinstein's like welcome to being a boss yeah, yeah. make it work <laughs> they both said you gain like 60 pounds by being a simpson showrunner and the, and then we get all the couch gags in a row including they top it with the longest time filling his couch gag they love to use of the of the big per, uh, circusy ending and the kick, <laughs> the kick line. That was an Al Jean and Mike Reese like late season four favorite. Like we are so overworked, we're leaving the show. Like just put the circus thing in again. We need to kill time. We need thirty more seconds on this. Just play the circus one. Yeah, well, I, me- I will always associate the circus one with the hundred thirty eighth episode spectacular because mm. you. The montage of all the couch gags is part of the episode. It right? is the one you end with out yes. of all the couch gags. Yeah. I also I saw a uh, they have in there on the couch gag the the one where they run, run off the screen and then get back in Mm. it was i just saw it appreciated by i follow lots of animation dorks on twitter believe it or not and they talked about how amazing the squash and stretch is in it and they asked like who animated this at david silverman at tubatron and he replied like i'm pretty sure that was greg manzo one of my favorites i was like yeah when you see it slowed down you're like God, they're so squashy and stretchy. They've never been more cartoony. Yes, yeah. Meanwhile, you see, like, 
uh, the Simpsons can't move now. They just <laughs> they they're very much stuck in place. Uh, so then we get a cute little history of The Simpsons. The Simpsons began as the brainchild of cartoonist Matt Groening, the already famous creator of such comics as Damnation, <laughs> Johnny Reb, and True Murder Stories. In 1987, Groening teamed up with award-winning producers James L. Brooks and Sam Simon. And what better place to premiere their creation than on The Tracy Ullman Show? The nation's showcase for psychiatrist jokes and musical comedy numbers. <laughs> On April 19th, 1987, America first met The Simpsons. So you'll never see those shorts in higher quality again. No. And especially when you're watching them on a DVD with an HDTV, you will see the edge of the artwork that was never meant to be seen. <laughs> like TV overscan was supposed to cover that up. So you see like literally the edge of the cells and like little markings that you're not supposed to see. We asked Bill Oakley about this and he didn't know if there was any reason the shorts haven't been officially released in any other form than this clip show. I, I I believe the one of the prevailing theories is that Mac Raining just doesn't want people to see them, that it looks weird, they're not right, and so he, do, he doesn't want to share them. Maybe it's one of those things we have to wait until Mac Raining has like a late-in-life change of heart, or Mac Raining, you know, passes away. They're know. sort of like the KTMA episodes of Mystery Science Theater, mm -hmm. where uh, eventually uh, the producer of that show, the co-creator of the show, Jim Mallon, his arm was twisted enough where he finally released himself the missing episodes that, oh, yes. that people did not tape, like the three beginning episodes. That was nice of him. To yeah, do. Well, I'm sure like a creator is going, well, this is what The Simpsons is, like what you're mm -hmm. watching right now. What that was was almost like a prototype. It was, but Bob and I have been watching all the shorts uh, for the ten dollar up patrons. Get over there, folks. Uh, but when we're watching them, I've gotten a new appreciation for them. They are crude. They they are the characters are not themselves in a lot of cases. Homer especially is like much more violent and mean <laughs> and stern. But but the animators are having a lot of fun there. And yeah, they're doing a lot of cool stuff in it. It's it, and they're inventing an entire thing right in front of your eyes. It's it's special in that way. It's fun to see how much of it is actually nailed down that early. But I want to More go back. Than you think. I want to go back to the Sam Simon drawing, the drawing of him as Howard Hughes with the long fingernails and the long beard, yeah. and surrounded by syringes. So the original joke was um, Sam Simon's photo was going to be text photo not available, and that was a joke by John Vitti about how Sam was written out of the history of the show. Yep. Yeah. They asked for permission from Sam. And he's like, no, no, no. Do this instead. And he sends them that drawing. Like, oh, if, you, wow. if you don't remember, Sam Simon helped create the characters in terms of how they're drawn. Like, I think mm -hmm. he created Otto and Mr. Burns. Like, mm -hmm. some of the major characters. So he drew that image. That is, that is a Sam Simon drawing you're looking at. Wow, they, I never knew that. Yep. Man, it's that, that is impressive. I mean, Sam Simon gets... Uh, deleted out of it partially because him and Matt Groening didn't get along at all. Mm -hmm. And the, the Matt Groening narrative is much more fun. Like, yes, uh, yeah. I fucking love the Matt. So the Matt Groening one to me as a comic book nerd was great because there are many crotchety, hard right-wing cranks in the comic book world. They Especially as they get older, even if they weren't at one point, Guys like, say, Frank Miller become <laughs> that. Thanks, 9-11. Yes, yeah. But but there's a ton of dudes like that in in the comic book world. And yeah. so that Matt Groening, that I just love that you're waiting for, creator of such comics as, and you're just waiting to hear a life in hell. They're going to talk about life in hell. Instead, he drew EC Comics, except more violent and more uh, hard right. Uh, especially Johnny Reb, I assume, is about a heroic Confederate soldier. <laughs> I mean, isn't he stabbing a Confederate flag into a dead Union soldier? Exactly. <laughs> he is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just that photo of Matt Groening uh, with one eye, with missing an eye. Saluting a flag. I think there's a little of John Ford in there as well. John, That's a good gag because yeah. Mac Raining is, you know, such he's a, a big kind of old liberal. lefty. He's, yeah. a big, he's a pinko. He's Should a little, go back uh, to Massachusetts. A little John Swartzwelder in there too. Oh yes, yeah, that's true. And and then meanwhile, James L. Brooks is just pot, buried in money and awards. That's that's who James L. Brooks is. <laughs> and uh, when they talk about psychiatrist jokes on Tracy Ullman, I believe they're specifically talking about the other short that aired next to The Simpsons in the ah. first. Season. Dr. Ngatu. Yeah, Ngatu. 
It's not funny. You can watch them all on YouTube. They're cute. They're just about a, I mean, it's a more of a feminine short for sure. Uh, though it, I guess it actually fits more with the tone of Tracy Ullman than the wild Simpsons. Kind of does. Yeah. But I mean, look, I, I don't want to be too mean to them. They're, they're fine. I love graining on the commentary though. Just laughing at how some people have come to think he actually is that guy and not the big soft portland hippie that he really is you just read one life in hell comic like current ones are, are old one recent ones are him just like speaking to the camera of like here are my liberal beliefs right now i'm yeah. going to spell them out for you they're all super leftist if you don't know who matt Groening is while watching this you won't get these jokes yes yeah you might think they're exaggerating maybe like existing right-wing ideas but <laughs> you don't know you don't I, get it's the opposite of matt Groening. i had no idea to be perfectly <laughs> honest when i watched it but i thought it was kind of funny that there was this guy with an ipad yelling get out of my office shooting yeah. he kills the cameraman because <laughs> i assumed that that i mean i was like oh he's probably not that bad i don't know what he's like i'm sure that this is some kind of caricature i don't know but <laughs> it, it was still funny uh but those those shorts seeing well so i hadn't seen all those shorts but i was i was prepared for what the shorts are but when you first saw the shorts cat were you like shocked oh, that yeah. it looked that way of course it was because i was like man this is really crude and also that wasn't funny at all i mean what the yeah. hell i like the troy comments on yeah. how unfunny it is too good night They haven't changed a bit, have they? As the weeks went on, so did the cartoon. There was like this beat Mm -hmm. where he just looks at the camera like, what the hell? What did I just watch? Because he's like, probably (laughs) the the, the audience is thinking the same thing. Like, what the hell? Matt Groening is only talking about his regrets seeing (laughs) it on the commentary. He's just like... They, uh, why did I just draw a heart it's in like, that frame? I forgot to finish the background there. <laughs> yep, yeah. Well, he'd never animated before. We'd never done it. Well, if you think of it, you're, you've been working on a thing for a while, and you've been honing your craft, and you're like, yeah, it's getting, it's okay. I still have a lot of problems with it. And then you go back to your earliest version. You're like, what? Does, mm. oh, this is terrible. And hide it in a hole. I never want anybody to see it ever again. Anytime I read something I wrote like five years ago, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. how did I ever hit publish on this? I am the worst. I should, I should cut my wrists right now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I don't think that far ahead, guys. Sorry. Uh, but uh, then we, I get, I love this comment by Troy too. Maybe the drawings were a little crude, but all the characters were there. Itchy and scratchy. Grandpa Simpson and Krusty the Clown. Making fun of themselves still more. It's yeah. More like the writers making fun of the animators. Uh, David Silverman was very mad about this. Mm. And rightly so. Yeah. I'm actually they put a lot I'm of effort into side. those. So yeah. I, I really like, okay, so the joke is mean, but I love the bad grandpa. <laughs> the, with three, the three-eyed grandpa, yeah. seemingly. And the Krusty is like crusty, just yeah. above a stick figure. But <laughs> yeah. He's like a balloon animal or but, something. Yeah. Uh, but in case you haven't listened to our premium videos, the thing about the original shorts, especially in the first year, Matt Groening would draw a storyboard, a.k.a. a comic strip for the gags, and hand them to three animators, David Silverman, Wes Archer, and Bill Kopp, and just said, you figure it out. And they did. And like the, David Silverman and Wes Archer, especially because they stuck around the longest, they defined the movement and look of The Simpsons more than anyone, oh, for I sure, would say. Yeah. And, and they did a great... The first cartoons that have Grandpa in them and Krusty, they do look slightly off from what we're used to, but they look good. They're animated well. They're like 20% different, maybe. Yeah, they're 20... They, they, they don't look that bad. So, David Silverman is right to be mad. There's already a clear discomfort between writers and animators on the commentary that if I was David Silverman, who... Honestly, it's better than a clip show. He should not be even doing a clip show. That's like that's, that's way below his pay grade. Way, <laughs> way. Yeah, surprisingly, he left a little after this season. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think he was right to get pissed off about that and, and then mocking the the shorts. And they also had no they had they had no budget either, <laughs> nothing. Uh, but okay, then we get our first commercial break. In the opening credits, what does the cash register say when Maggie is scanned? The cash register says, NRA forever. Just one of the hundreds of radical right-wing messages inserted into every show by creator Matt Grady. God, that's beautiful. They really rode that gag the entire way. (laughs) 
uh, which it, it of course does not. I, I don't yeah. know. I think as a kid, maybe the next time I watched an episode, I paused to see if it really said NRA <laughs> forever. It might have fooled me once. That's even less funny now. I'd say not that the NRA wasn't like a terrorist faction in the 90s as well. They but have their I, own TV station now. Ooh. I didn't get it when that episode aired. I was like, mm. NRA, what? <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's probably what taught me the term NRA mm. as a kid. No, wait. There's an NRA joke earlier, too. In, yeah, and Brother Can You Spare Two Dimes? Where Bart becomes a member of the NRA and uh, he gets to buy cyanide-tipped uh, armor-piercing bullets, too. It's in the Constitution, son. <laughs> it's a ring in the new year. It's a ring in the new year. Again, grading laughs that one off, too. But I think he's probably not so fun, uh, funny to hear yeah, people come up to him like, yeah, support the NRA, too, buddy. The Simpsons will be right back. <laughs> they haven't changed a bit, have they, folks? Hey, thanks for listening to the 138th episode Spectacular Podcast. If you like more Spectacular Podcasts, we've got a place for you to go. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, where you'll get access to every episode of Talking Simpsons a week early and ad free, along with a ton of extras, especially our new Talking Futurama podcast, where we are going through every episode of the first season of Futurama in the Talking Simpsons style, only at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. You'll get access to it $5 a month. You can even get an RSS feed that's exclusive to you that you put in any of your podcast listening device on top of tons more stuff, including our brand new interview with Dan Graney, the many years veteran of The Simpsons, who explains how he invented such things as Embiggen, Everything's Coming to Millhouse, and Gavin and the Range Rover Mom. Just sign up at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons today! you like hearing us talk about cartoons on this would you like to hear us talk about ren and stimpy a week early and ad free then you should listen to what a cartoon and sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons to get access to our brand new podcast me and bob and a special guest go through a different cartoon each week and explain what's cool about it ren and stimpy steven universe king of the hill batman the animated series and so many more coming it's a new weekly free podcast or you can get access to it a week early and ad free each episode at patreon.com slash talking simpsons just five dollars a month gets you access to it along with a ton more things and be sure to tell all your friends about what a cartoon hey this is hank azaria you're listening to talking simpsons on laser time i didn't know that was a thing Uh, then we get a cute little gag about how many letters that The Simpsons has received over six years. Over the six years, The Simpsons has been on the air. We've received dozens of letters from fans wanting to know more about the show. Tonight, we'll answer some of your questions. Professor Lawrence Pierce of the University of Chicago writes, I think Homer gets stupider every year. That's not a question, Professor, but we'll let the viewers judge for themselves. This Q&A is as good an excuse as any to just show clips. but Yeah, and it's also still images of fake letters, which also mm-hmm. saves you on animation. But internally, this was a issue Oakley and Weinstein had. They're like, Homer has gotten too stupid. We've made him too stupid. We gotta scale it back. Like this, it was a fear for a long time internally, and then eventually they just like, who cares? He's dumb. And I know why you're angry about this, Henry. And mm-hmm. the writers called it out as well. Uh, the last scene is a is a is a Halloween it's episode. It's not fair. It's, it doesn't count. They they agree, but it was still a funny clip. <laughs> no, what they went with were some of the best animated moments, like especially the season five and six examples are David Silverman fun times of either spinning around and eating chips in space, which is not particularly stupid. Like, he's dumber in that episode in many ways. Yeah, the Flaming Mo speech is not stupid. It's just a fun speech to watch. Like, the magical man from Happy Land. Mm. It's just like, it's not him being stupid. It's him being stubborn. And, now, you know, now, I don't know. That That is stupid. That is stupid. I liked how self-aware... Uh, the the joke was about Homer getting stupider every year, mm-hmm. and, and that was the thing that I think always made Simpsons kind of special was how self aware it was in a time when TV 
was beginning to become self-aware, but not really. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that maybe for people who grew up in that time period, being self-aware was the height of being cool. Like You oh, yeah. were smart enough to know how dumb stuff was. That's <laughs> yeah. like ironic, I man. spotted the tropes, man. How do you like that? I think other shows were uh, shy to point out TV's cheap tricks because they wanted to rely on those. They didn't want to be like, isn't this stupid that we do this? It's like, no, we do this, and we present it to you legitimately. Uh, and so also when I was a kid, I... I knew more people worked on it than Matt Groening, but even now, part of the show is me getting used to the idea of like, well, who does make this show then? Like, I, the size and scope of the staff, I still have like not even come close to getting a handle on. But this was her explanation back in 1995. Dr. Linus Irvin of the Sloan Kettering Memorial Institute writes, how does Matt Groening find the time to write and draw an entire Simpsons episode every week? But the answer to this, we went straight to the source. Get out of my office! <laughs> of course, what Matt meant to say, according to his attorneys, is that he couldn't possibly do it alone. And he insisted that we make time to acknowledge the hard work of everyone who makes The Simpsons possible. That's the land of chocolate music, by the way. It's from the movie Tucker. That was the temp track for that episode, but they thought it was so good they didn't make new music. It's beautiful. I do love it. And if you pause it there, that is a bunch, that is a mess of names, but it kind of mixed together everybody, the writers, animators, tech people, everybody else. But you'll, you'll, you can pick out like Dave Merkin, Dan Castellaneta. It also also repeats them a couple times. Uh, Okay. How lazy. They even get lazy in this in a clip show. (laughs) But that. The get out of my office is one of my favorites. It's so well delivered. It's good. It's uh, so the animation's great too. And then like, he has kind of like fight, he's kind of like kicked back by the gun. He's such a weak I old know, man. It's beautiful. I gotta give a thumbs up to Silverman on that one. Yeah, just the kick on his gun. It's beautiful. And I guess he killed a cameraman. Yeah, like, that person is dead. <laughs> then once you see all these clips together, I think you finally realize that uh, what Smithers' real deal is. Ambassador Henry Mwabwetumba of the Ivory Coast writes. What is the real deal with Mr. Burns' assistant, Smithers? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> of course we do. The preparations for your birthday have begun. They won't get what I really want. No one does. Happy birthday, Mr. Smithers. As you can see, the real deal with Waylon Smithers is that he's Mr. Burns' assistant. He's in his early 40s, is unmarried, and currently resides in Springfield. Thanks for writing. We'll be right back. The whole, like, turning on the computer and having him do the, you're quite adept at turning me on. Mm. I had not seen that episode. Oh, Because that one just didn't seem to be in syndication rotation for well, me. Oh, have you never seen? No, Lisa I've seen, Melba's... I've oh, seen it now. not then. Okay. But it's a, it's a classic now. But, like, there were a lot of these gags that I was introduced to through this. I was just like, oh, that's funny. I, I wonder what episode that's from. <laughs> I have to object slightly to this compilation because it is framing Smithers as the Burns asexual he used to be instead of just the standard gay man he would mm. become. Uh, because they're like, we can make more than one gay joke. We can make a ton of gay jokes if he was gay for all men. If he so, was, if he was yeah. just interested in, if he was interested in all men instead of just Burns, we could mock him in so many ways for being gay. This season, uh, he left Monty to go to a gay resort where yes. he couldn't take pictures. <laughs> we, we would hear about the uh, his choice of lifestyle. That's right, yeah. And This I'm, is your dead grandmother. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I love that line. I can't wait for Homer's phobia to come up. But when you see all those strung together, you're like, oh, these are a lot of gay jokes on Smithers. That they, they finally put together all at once. Well, Bobby, talk about... Little Henry getting angry and stuff uh, in in watching this first time. When I saw this commercial break questionnaire, I got so angry because I got this question wrong and didn't know why. (laughs) Which popular Simpsons characters have died in the past year? If you said Bleeding Gums Murphy and Dr. Marvin Monroe, you are wrong. They were never popular. (laughs) It's my line of the show. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right. joke it's so good because it totally takes a shot you you were already talking about yes. this it's like talking about take totally taking a shot at round springfield <laughs> and bleeding gums murthy and from that point on they define that character 
as not that popular. No one he cared. Really wasn't. Nobody cared about him. <laughs> and that segment is kind of like, who's that Pokemon? It's it was. Characters. You're right. It was, so Henry po- was like hurtling Spider-Man action figures across the room. Well, so I wasn't mad that they said that Bleeding Gums wasn't popular. What I was mad at was it comes up and I'm like, oh, I'm definitely getting this right. That's Bleeding Gums Murphy and... Who is that other guy? Mm. And then when it came back and they said Marvin Moreau, I was like, he never died. What are they talking about? That never happened. He's not dead. What happened? Like, I was searching for that answer for like two years before it was. Get a Memorial some, Hospital, Henry. I it's never such a heard quick that joke. line. It's yeah. so fast. It's, in it's it. not even a spoken line. It's a, is yeah. it spoken? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Marvin Moreau Memorial okay. Hospital. That's where Homer was getting burned. When I first saw this episode, I forgot about that line. So I assume, oh, it's like they're so they're callously killing a character <laughs> off screen because you haven't seen him in so long. So fuck him. I thought that was a yeah. joke. But then go doing this again and watching dvds and stuff it's like oh no they did kill him off screen much earlier like it actually happened just nobody noticed it it was so it was so subtle no one noticed so watching in syndication i always associated those two characters with quote-unquote old simpsons Mm -hmm. and i i preferred simpsons of say you know the merkin era and you know seasons four through seven they're they're both season one staples who when you see them especially in in (laughs) silhouette you're like well, these are monsters. These aren't humans. <laughs> they have season one ass designs. I, yeah. I didn't like the. I didn't like season one in particular. So I was mm. like, oh, if I saw Doctor Marvin Monroe, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm not going to. Marvin watch this Monroe one. is particularly doodly. He yeah. looks like a doodle, not not, and I don't mean a penis. In <laughs> I can see your doodle. He feels like a hang a holdover from Tracy Ullman, actually. Yeah, and he would uh, he would be unkilled in season 15's diatribe of a mad housewife, though. Yes. Uh, though Blood and Guts Murphy has stayed dead, as has his actor. As has Ron Taylor, yeah. He's yes. the Bucky Rogers of the show. Uh, so I did complain about that, but they were never popular is such a great line. <laughs> I love it's one it of the so good much. quotes from this episode. Yeah, I know. No quotes. In the April Fool's Day one, maybe you get... I would have quoted, like, the fool and stay in your life with an electrified fooling machine. I would have said that, but... I can't think of another one. <laughs> hmm. Uh, yoink? They say yoink in it. Yoink is good. I'll, I'll take yoink. <laughs> uh, now Troy is going to be introducing some deleted scenes. Right about now, you're probably saying, Troy, I've seen every Simpsons episode. You can't show me anything new. Mm-hmm. You've got some attitude, mister. Besides, you're wrong. <laughs> because sometimes episodes run long and certain scenes never get aired. So fire up your VCR because here for the first time ever are the cutout classics. When I was watching, I bet uh, in first viewing, I probably said out loud, like, Troy, I already have my VCR ready. I'm recording it right now. you got some nerve, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was the Simpson nerd as a kid saying, like, I've seen every episode. You can't show me anything new. They blew your mind, didn't they? They did. I had yeah. no clue that. I mean, that really gets you to hang on in first viewing to the third act because you're like, I want to see these deleted yeah, scenes. Like what else can they show me? I need, I need more. Mm-hmm. Some of those deleted scenes are more famous than like the actual things. Like the robotic Richard Simmons has become like an actual thing. It has become its own thing. It's, it's outlived. True. It's deleted. Yeah. And, and yet like that is not actually a good joke. And people no. are like, that was probably a good idea that they cut it. But people are like, no, that's so funny. Oh my God. I think it went from being celebrated to now being viewed as hacky. Yeah. But even it though, is hacky. It, I mean, I agree. It's hacky. It, <laughs> It's, it's like the animation is good, but it's like that's the argument amongst the staff was like, this is a low hanging fruit. Like making fun was. of Richard Simmons. And I agree. I agree. They're better than that. They definitely are. <laughs> but, but it just works in this episode. It does. Uh, but so first we get some of the crusty gets canceled deleted scenes. So let's teleport back to the season finale broadcast of season four. When Krusty the Clown got canceled, he tried everything to stay on the air. Here's what you didn't see. If you watch my show... I will send you this book featuring me in a variety of sexually explicit positions. What? Oh, hey, <laughs> it's not really me. I used a stunt butt. <laughs> Krusty, we're from the network. Uh, we have some bad news. I'm afraid your show's been canceled. Uh, I thought this would happen. I just hope you replace me with something as educational and uplifting as I tried to be. Actually, it's a hemorrhoid infomercial starring Claude Aiken. Huh. Can I play hemorrhoid <laughs> sufferer number one? Ooh, oh, that hurts. Oh, Oh, is there no relief? I don't think so. Well, how about one of the after guys? Ah, oh, that's better. I can ride a bike again. Sorry. Uh-huh. Oh. 
I remember my friends and I trading back. I can ride a bike again. <laughs> that is a great line. That's what and makes it. The reference to the infamous Madonna sex book. Mm-hmm, her sexy was... sex book. If you want to see her, uh, man, definitely there's one with her in Vanilla Ice. I know that is shot in that book. And I think the most famous shot from it is her hitchhiking naked. That's the that's the big picture from sex. If you want to see the book, go on Google Image Search and search for Madonna sex book. You don't have to pay $100 for it anymore. It it, it, it that was something that broke puritanical America, the sex book, back when it came out. When I saw this deleted scene now, it made me realize, like, in the episode Krusty gets canceled, without that scene, you don't actually see him get canceled. Yeah, I think we talked about it on that podcast. You see, this scene is pivotal. Yeah, this is a pivotal scene. Uh, in original broadcast, the first act ends with Krusty just seeing that no one is in his audience. And then when you come back from commercial break, Krusty is talking like, well, we've been canceled, but I crushed the Special Olympics. Like, But they don't have Krusty actually getting canceled, which is this scene is. So I'm kind of shocked they cut it, though. It's, I mean, it doesn't it's have a famous explanatory, person. Yeah. And the joke itself isn't actually that great. They needed more time for Sideshow Luke Perry, who was qu- quite funny. I wish he'd come back. And he's he's bigger than ever now. He's on Riverdale as Archie's dad. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, and then we get into the very recent deleted scenes of, well, first we get the Mr. Bond scene, or it, which that they cut, I think, one. out of like fear of lawsuits from folks. Yeah, I, I think. think they had to call him uh, Mr. Bont. Bont, and it's, and it's Blofeld, except with like an extra accessory. But uh, it, it's a funny scene, especially like rules for drawn stud polka. You're not going to fool me with that one again. Yeah. (laughs) And that James Bond is right. He always wins. He doesn't lose. That's why it's a big shock in Casino Royale when he actually does lose at uh, Texas Hold'em, which, like, Bond is better than that. Bond should not be playing Texas Hold'em. He plays Baccarat in the the novel that I read. It's better than the movie. Exactly. Though, how racist was that? Uh, It's one of the least racist Bond novels. All right. Which Casino Royale are we referring to? I'm talking about the the Daniel Craig. Then, I mean, Texas Hold'em was speaking that time. I know, but Baccarat is his game, man. They they shouldn't go with the... If James Bond does one thing, it's not go along with trendy Uh, things. Yes, good old Burt Baccarat. So then we get scenes from the then very recent mother simpson earlier this year homer's long lost mother returned and so did a long lost care package homer please you don't have to wolf down that 25 year old candy just to make me happy but it won't make you unhappy right hey space food sticks Oh, I wish I had these on my space adventure. Did you know I was blasted into space two years ago, Mom? Oh, sure. I read all about it. I mean, it was national news. (laughs) Do you still work for NASA? (laughs) No, I work at the nuclear power plant. Oh, Homer. Well, you'll be happy to know I don't work very hard. Actually, I'm bringing the plant down from the inside. Oh, I forgot. I didn't keep in the sound effect of him tapping his nose. It's a great noise. We all, I think we all tapped our nose during yeah, that scene. Maybe you could hear it, listeners. A little bit of the spirit of his mother is alive. He's bringing down the nuclear industry from the inside. <laughs> I mean, through laziness, yeah. not trying to. But the, it's, it's a viable tactic. Much, well, he oh. only created a three-mile island. That's true. It's true. And, and much like Grimy would do later, they are tearing apart Deep Space Homer in the show of just like, this is crazy. This was yeah. national news. You're not a normal man anymore. You're you're the famous guy who crashed a spaceship and homer doesn't realize why people wouldn't know it or like he's like you do you have you heard about this it's like yeah. yes you went to space it was yeah. a huge disaster you almost died <laughs> it was all you almost, you almost killed almost... a race banyan and buzz aldrin <laughs> yeah you did it all uh but if you want to know what space food sticks are i have a helpful commercial to explain it today the united states is engaged in a gigantic effort to send men to the moon <laughs> for this effort pillsbury has developed many special foods Here is the first one to be made available to the public. Space food sticks. To meet the demands of a long space flight, space food sticks had to be a compact, nutritious, high-energy food. That's why they make the perfect between-meal energy snack. Sure, sure. I, could, I didn't know that was a real a real name of a real product, space food sticks. It's so could, bad, right? I could like, see the Pillsbury executive. You got these uh, sticks that for space uh, space food space, sticks. Make them. Who gives a shit? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you just said that's how Tang did so well, it's because you just said, "Oh, well, they use this in space. Oh, every child in America is going to buy it. It's this. got a cool name that would eventually become <laughs> filthy. <laughs> Tang. Oh, Tang. Um. 
And then we get some, this is the first time I realized in Bart Cell, in the Homer Sells His Souls clip, Troy is making a joke by saying, cracked up to be, because Homer's skull cracks in the thing. I never took that as a bad joke. You're right. I mean, it's it's just how Dick Clark introduces things. Like, (laughs) oh, these guys aren't going to, R.I.P. Dick Clark. But uh, I love these, these deleted scenes from Treehouse because... We not only get a Troy McClure episode, but we get a lost scene of Lionel Hutz, which I am so sad oh. they deleted. Layers, layers, layers. Oh, Lionel Hutz. Cases one in 30 minutes or your pizza's free. Mm-hmm. I'd sell my soul for a Formula One racing car. <laughs> that can be arranged. Changed my mind. Sorry. <laughs> Bart, stop pestering Satan. Your Honor, we find that Homer Simpson's soul is legally the property of Marge Simpson and not of the devil. Oh. Yeah! Woohoo! Oh! Well, I didn't win. Here's your pizza. But we did win! That's okay, the box is empty. If that's what they cut out, what they leave in <laughs> must be pure gold. Let's watch some more of those fabulous Simpsons outtakes. He was totally poked with a little cane to wake yeah. up. I like that's that. That's the fattest he's looked, too. I want to talk to our audience for a second. If oh. you want to hear more about Simpsons deleted scenes, we've been doing the uh, the collections of them for each season after five. So five is when they started appearing on discs. So mm-hmm. every season has at least 25 minutes of deleted scenes, and we've covered all of them both in video and podcast versions. So if you join our oh. Patreon, you can get one of those. And a lot of fun things in there that they didn't even put in this, but that, God, him him with his empty pizza box promise is so beautiful. It's so <laughs> The box is empty. Uh, the box is empty. I always, assume, like, at some point I start mixing up whether or not these lines are, like, I always thought the Formula One, one, one racer thing was totally in that episode. It's so, it's yeah. such a great gag. The, the, that one was just like, they have no time in treehouse things. They always have to cut good stuff from that because they're fitting in uh, three episodes worth of stuff into one episode, really. And uh, then we get a, cut, a scene I'm glad they cut. It's not exactly, I wouldn't call it insensitive entirely, but the, the Apu musical scene. Is the Bollywood making, movie. Well, we're making yeah. fun of Homer. Yeah. Like, Homer's the idiot. Well, I think they're having their cake and eating it too because they are like... Isn't this crazy? Look yeah. at this crazy film. But also Homer out loud saying, like, I'm laughing because they look different than me. Ha 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 ha. I mean, it's it's kind of ham-fisted. It doesn't oh, yes, really work. Yeah. But... As, as is the previously mentioned Richard Simmons Here we robot. Go. In this very special outtake, Homer <laughs> attempts a reconciliation with his estranged son. Watch. Bert, you're coming home. I want to stay here with Mr. Burns. I suggest you leave immediately. Or what? You release the dogs or the bees? Or the dogs with bees in their mouth and when they bark they shoot bees at you? Well, go ahead. Do your worst. My worst, eh? Smithers, release the robotic Richard Simmons. Come on, big boys. Hit the butter off those buns. I like the T-1000 animation. It's good, but it is like... Oh, Richard Simmons jokes in 1994 when the episode aired. It's just like, yeah. come on. I know I loved this as a kid, but now it's just like, this is some monkey cheese, like Mad Libs comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Burns just shutting the door is a much better joke because it is just the most simple, effective way to keep Homer out of the house. <laughs> he shut the door. That's a great line. Or even seeing the dogs who shoot bees at you would be better than Richard Simmons. Well, the Richard Simmons stuff overstays its welcome, too. It's just like, Did they uh, actually say the dogs who shoot bees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in the original episode? They do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's okay. All well, there. they kept the best part. Yeah. No, yeah. that's the best part. That's the best part of that scene. I will say I'm impressed that Smithers always keeps a shotgun under his blazer. That's impressive. He it's good animation of him, like, pulling it out and, like, yeah, co- like cocking cock. it or whatever you do with a like shotgun. Arnold would do. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. But, uh, but and not- the head. Yes, this is good stuff. Uh, And speaking of more inside jokes, here's a quick joke about how how much Oakley Weinstein loved that Maggie was the culprit. This past summer, all of America was trying to solve the mystery of who shot Mr. Burns. Then they found out it was the baby. (laughs) (laughs) To keep this bombshell secret, the producers animated several solutions that were never intended to air. I mean, this was the best marketing gimmick for this episode of that 
Who Shot Mr. Burns was so fresh in your memory. Like, to get more answers to that is just a beautiful... I think in the commercials... I mean, I was going to watch this regardless, but one of the commercials what got me so hyped was seeing all the different pictures of people shooting Mr. Burns. That was great. In case you forget from our last episodes about uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns, I believe Josh Weinstein wanted Barney to do it and have Barney be arrested and leave the show for a while. But Merkin was insistent, like, no, it must be a member of The Simpsons. This is The Simpsons show. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of resistant against the idea the episodes are great though the episode is great yeah and and merkin was very clear that these things that this footage including the smithers ending too he tried to leak it and he says that no news person would take it from him (laughs) in the entertainment industry and i believe the entire scene with burns and smithers is just written by merkin himself yes yeah he talks about it on the commentary for the episode as one of the only things of his that oakley weinstein ever laughed at he's he's a little defensive but yes let's hear some of the smithers bit here And to keep the show's animators, editors, staff, and hangers-on from leaking the solution, two completely different endings were produced. One real, one phony. Here's the ending you were never meant to see. The one who shot me was... Wheeland Smithers! No! Wait a minute. (laughs) Yes. 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 That's actually one of my favorite lines from him. <laughs> yes. No. Wait, Wait a minute. minute. Yes. I do love the 5% pay cut. No. It's no. <laughs> so great. So I, actually, I actually think I prefer this ending uh, to the one where, because I like the actual solution of, oh, it was Maggie, but mm. I thought it was pretty funny that uh, the whole like back and forth with Smithers mm. and him going, no. And, um, and the animation on it. Yeah. No. It's yes. great. Does he also say like, oh, I was busy that night. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right after I shot That's Jasper. another good one right yeah, there. Yeah, that night, yeah. and, and the Burns described him as drunk as a lemur yes which is not drunk as a lemur lemurs don't get drunk not a defining characteristic of lemurs Uh, and then just to let you know that this was uh, after the oj trial well i'm just relieved that homer's safe and that you've recovered and we can all get back to normal not exactly smithers for attempting to kill me i'm giving you a five percent pay cut Oh. <laughs> but of no. course, for that ending to work, you would have to ignore all the Simpson DNA evidence. <laughs> and that would be downright nutty. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jurassic Park shot. and O.J. Simpson taught us a lot about DNA. They did. Yeah. Oh, Nobody God. knew what it was in 1992, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden... It had that cool spinning helix. Yeah, <laughs> look at those helix. And then it just became a plot. Remember in the Doom motion picture that they're just like... Well, you know, if you map the entire human genome, you'll find the root of evil. Well, like, thank oh, you yes. for reminding me that that movie exists. Yeah. The story checks out. It's, it's, uh, it's not very good. It's got a first-person shooter sequence mm-hmm. in it. I'm Which... told that X3 and there's a Doom movie. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> uh, the Doom movie, I'd watch it before the Assassin's Creed movie. I'd watch it then. but uh... I don't think I would watch either of those movies because I value my time. Uh, the Doom <laughs> movie knows what it is. I think the Assassin's Creed movie thinks it's a real movie. <laughs> I think it thought yes. it was the start of the marvel cinematic universe but yeah. for games and, i remember uh that e3 i think i was covering it the mm. electronics entertainment expo for our friends at home and a large portion of that conference by ubisoft was just like let's talk about the movie like no no let's not talk yes. about the movie please my- michael fassbender thought he had a real thing there he's like this is my iron man I- and no, no, uh, no luck there, Michael Fossbender. Go back to being a jerk. <laughs> then we get to the end of the episode, which this is how I think of how businesses uh, think of art. And I love this line. This is another like classic line from this very good clip show. Oh, yeah. Yes, the Simpsons have come along since an old drunk made humans out of his rabid characters to pay off his gambling debts. <laughs> Who knows what adventures they'll have between now and the time the show becomes unprofitable. <laughs> I'm Troy McClure, and I'll leave you with what we all came here to see. Hardcore nudity! That's great. So there's one, like, extra salacious thing they stuck into this compilation. Uh, mm. The scene of from Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy where they're just like, don't turn on the light, don't turn on the light. Mm-hmm. They they use the first take of that scene where Marge is completely naked. Oh, yeah. Not under a blanket. It's like, you see, like, 
85 percent of marge i know you're you are within within millimeters of seeing her pubic hair in that shot yes like it's, it's shocking it is and shocking post they always say that marge is the hottest character or they yes. draw her to be the hottest woman in springfield oh, oh boy that it, cut scene from uh, springfield confidential oh my goodness yeah Good Lord. You, you get to see her in her bra and you're like Boy, this is a bit much. You're, you're, Very you're, cheesecakey. They're having way too much mm. fun. Oh, yeah. Know, All yeah. animators are horny. But, yeah, <laughs> so after 2004, the infamous Super Bowl incident where kids saw a covered nipple, mm. this would be verboten. This is basically pornography now. And they would always laugh at, like, we can't show an ass crack on TV anymore, yet this can air in syndication at, like, 3 p.m. Yep. They're yeah. like, there are no standards. There are no standards. Uh, I, I mean, in the hardcore nudity, you're mostly seeing stuff that, no matter where you are in the sexual spectrum, it's not particularly exciting to you you're seeing you're seeing uh barney lose his diaper you're seeing burns in the shower you say look i'm not making judgment on this but also a third of it is like bart's butt i'm like it's eh, I'm good i don't need to see this ultimately it's like three curved lines moving yes, around it's yeah. just like I'm not, I'm not getting off to that uh i mean uh, based on the ads i've seen on pornhub sites some people are getting off to naked simpsons characters but if, yeah yeah it's they're no fun great but, episode yes oh my gosh. This, uh, the th- until the time they become unprofitable it's Still hasn't happened. Still, I mean that yeah. that line gets funnier, a little funnier every year. They're getting close. My I, theory is Al Jean doesn't think that they've gotten to their their current season is their last contractually obligated season, and Al Jean doesn't think it's the end. But I do think the specter of unprofitability is coming there because now it's a Disney property, and Disney might just be like, "Look, we got thirty years of episodes. Like, let's let's just call it a day and, and collect money off this." So as of today, they just did the table read for season thirty, episode two titled tis the 30th season probably a christmas episode so. oh yeah yeah we also saw the um al Jean tweeted out a picture of the uh of the season 30 script called lisa dates homer I lisa think. has a crush on homer yeah i was like boy this uh this name i i don't know I what's like, up with this guy you'll find out in nine months it'll be fine yeah i'm sure it'll be fine remember when there was the controversy like homer's going to divorce marge this season oh, yeah right. boo <laughs> so i want to end with a with a confession Mm-hmm. I like clip shows, actually. Oh. oh. And I like clip shows because they're like, they often take my funniest or my favorite moments from a particular show and just allow me to li- relive them. That's, what, lo- that's what we are, Kat. We are a clip show. <laughs> I love montages. I love a good montage. Mm. I love, I used to watch a lot of anime music videos oh, back in the man. day. Yeah. AMVs. So like a, a clip show, whenever a clip show would come on, I'd be like, oh, great. Yeah, this is an entertaining way to enjoy it, to digest my favorite TV show. You know, I would agree on that hypocrisy of mine that I... I crap on these clip shows, not this one, but other ones, but I've watched so many videos on YouTube of like X characters, best lines. Like, oh, this is fun. I want to hear all of Zap Brannigan's best lines, but I want to find those on my own and have them edited together by somebody else. I don't want it to take the place of my, of a weekly episode of something. You want to watch them for six minutes, not 22 with commercials. No, I mean, these clip shows are just gravy. Like it didn't, they didn't produce this instead of another full episode. They just did it extra. extra. The thing is, if watching syndication, like if it's in syndication, it's like, whatever, it's just a thing. But if it's Mm. a new episode and you're like expecting a new episode and it's a clip show, that's a little rougher. Yeah, that's true. I, I think another thing, if they wanted people to like a yearly clip show, they should have had him all hosted by Troy McClure from this one on. They should have had a 167th episode spectacular, a 203rd episode uh, spectacular. And then no more Troy McClure. And then, yes, right, no more. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to bring you all down, folks. Dang. Thank you for listening to Talking Simpsons. As always, I've been your host, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast. Just go to Retronauts.com. Com, or look for Retronauts in your reliable podcast machine. We've been around for 11 years now, so we've had to have done something you like if you like video games. If you don't like video games, what's going on? Like, <laughs> they're great. I and love I, them. And we're supported at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Support us there, and you'll see tons of cool stuff like we've promoted multiple times in this. You're missing out, folks. Listen to that interview with Bill Oakley. Listen to or watch our deleted scenes videos. Watch the shorts videos. And on top of that, you get access to every episode a week early and ad-free, not to mention you get the same deal for our new podcast, What a Cartoon, where we go through a different cartoon every week in the Talking Simpsons style. Plus, if you love Futurama... We're doing Talking Futurama right now, the entire first season only on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Come on. Yeah, I'm a contributor. I love this show. Oh, thank you. Yes. Be like Cat, folks. Yeah. 
If you I mean, pay us, we'll talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> the amount of stuff that these guys produce is really incredible. I'm I'm glad that they just bring me on and are like, yeah, Aww. come and talk about Simpsons for a bit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do that. That's cool. Thank you. Well, yeah, you should come and listen to my other podcast. It's called Axe the Blog Out. It's an RPG podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, such and such. Uh, and we, we talk a lot about RPGs. And we it's kind of a love letter to RPGs. Me and Nadia Oxford, who has also been on re- Retronauts in the past. She has been at least once. Yes. So, yes, come in. Come on down. Listen to us talk about RPGs on US Gamer, which is my website. It's my day job. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next week with the second Christmas episode ever. Marge, be not proud. See you then. Thank you.